Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey y'all, welcome back to Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura Diaz and I am so, so happy to have you here. Welcome back if you are returning and it's good to have you here if you're new. So if you enjoy this episode of Eco Chic, please, please, please go ahead and leave a rating and a review on iTunes. You can do it right here in the podcast listening app while you're listening to this. It takes three seconds and I so appreciate it. This is episode 53 of Eco Chic, and I truly cannot believe that it's gotten this far, and I want to just thank everyone continuously for all of your support and good vibes and just listening and sharing on your Instagram stories and DMing me and getting back to me, and I just love this community so much, and I appreciate you guys so, so much. Actually, on April 10th, I believe it is, it will be our one-year birthday, the one-year anniversary of Eco Chic, and I want to do something like fun and celebratory, so I'm trying to come up with some ideas. If you have any, like, let me know, but I just want to say thank you all the time. I appreciate you guys all so, so much. Today's episode is actually inspired by a listener question. Friend of the podcast, Amber Rose, asked about organic food and the environmental footprint of that, and when should you care about buying organic? So this is something that I personally, I don't want to say struggle with, but something that I think about quite often when it comes to my day-to-day sustainability choices. And I think that it's a question that a lot of us probably think about at the grocery store because it is really easy to assume that organic food is always the move when it comes to your environmental footprint. But I would like to kind of talk a little bit deeper about that today because that is not always necessarily the case. We're going to talk a little bit about the environmental impacts of produce in general, just as an agricultural product, but then also we're going to talk about when it should really matter that you buy organic. I encourage y'all to shop with an open mind at the grocery store because, again, it's not necessarily always cut and dry. Maybe the organic option isn't always the move for you. Maybe the plastic-free option isn't always the move for you. So I think that just encouraging some mindfulness around all of these different practices is a really empowering consumer decision when it comes to sustainability. So before we get started, let's kind of like set the scene. Let's define the word organic. So certified organic means that your fruits and vegetables have been grown with minimal artificial pesticides, fertilizers, and dyes. So that term minimal comes from the FDA, and it actually just means that your produce has been exposed to pesticides, fertilizers, and dyes less than 5% of the time that it was being harvested. So in theory, certified organic could include like a little tiny, teeny trace of pesticides and fertilizers, but it's just something to consider that the word minimal is actually just less than 5%, and that is quite a low percentage, so it does hold some value. 
So right off the bat, surface level, buying organic produce is totally the move because you are minimizing the amount of like gross chemicals that you're ingesting and organic farming practices are the kindest to our soils. So I think that's where we are going to dive a little bit deeper when it comes to the environmental perspective on this. But before we go any further, I want to set it straight that organic does not necessarily mean non-GMO. So you can totally have organic produce that is genetically modified. These are totally separate categories, GMO and organic. So agriculture actually has massive potential to sequester carbon. They say about 40% of the earth is covered in agricultural land. Organic produce generally takes longer to ripen than conventionally grown produce, and that extra time allows for the soil to take up more CO2. So we've talked a little bit about carbon sequestration in the past, and basically this is a way for the carbon to be stored in the earth before it is emitted quickly into the atmosphere and it's taken up by more plants, etc. So it just kind of like aids in the carbon cycle, if you remember that a little bit from like your sixth grade science class. The longer and more kindly that that soil is being treated by our agricultural practices, it allows that soil to uptake just more of the carbon that we would otherwise just be emitting straight into the atmosphere. And of course, accelerating the greenhouse gas effect and ultimately continuing to warm our earth, hence climate change. So overall, organic yields are shown in research actually to produce lower yields. But I looked into that research that is cited quite a bit on all of these different like popular science articles. And actually, it seems like organic yields produce less crops because it's generally by farmers who aren't applying the right nutrients and the right quantities at the right time. So it's a little bit scientific when it comes to organic farming as opposed to just spraying a particular pesticide all over your field. So if a farmer is able to manage the crops more efficiently, expertly, they can come quite close to matching the conventional farm's yields. So it's not necessarily that organic farms cannot produce the same amount of produce, but just that they're currently a little bit more challenged when it comes to how and when to apply similar nutrients. A big reason that organic yields are not necessarily producing as much as conventional farms is when there's some sort of environmental stressor. So let's say there's a really harsh storm or there's like an uncharacteristically wild bug problem that year. Conventional farms can spray pesticides to increase their crops resistance to these kinds of events. So organic crops are much more likely to fail during these types of events when you do have weather issues or you do have predator issues. Organic farms may only produce a small percentage from that field that may actually be sellable produce. So that whole field's worth of nutrients and water and land, etc., is essentially wasted that season. So pesticides in this case almost act as an insurance policy on those crops. An important point to consider is that USDA organic certification is expensive, especially for small farmers. At a farmer's market, you're much more likely to find individual farmers that are using organic practices but are not certified. So you can definitely ask and farmers are more than happy to chat with you about how their crops are grown. And when you're at a grocery store, you're just going to be looking for that super obvious organic sticker. Sometimes they're just in separate sections altogether. So shopping organic for environmental reasons also comes with a set of trade-offs, a total catch-22. Is it better to buy organic strawberries versus package-free, plastic-free, conventionally grown strawberries at the farmer's market? It's really up to you at that point. So that's where we're going to switch from the environmental conversation to the human health conversation. Well, I would love to eat totally pesticide-free, it is not realistic for every single budget. 
a really simple guideline on whether or not you should be buying a particular item, organic or not, is to consider that produce skin. So we're talking about a particularly absorbent fruit or vegetable. They're going to be sucking in fertilizers and pesticides, just like they would be super water dense. So let's talk about cucumbers. That's a really water dense fruit and everything that it's grown around, it's going to be absorbing. If it's an item that you're going to peel before you consume it, it really doesn't matter that much, honestly, when it comes to your health, whether or not it's organic. So we're talking about pineapples and avocados and bananas. Organic bananas really don't make that much of a difference on your health long term. So I just encourage y'all to think a little bit deeper about whether or not you're peeling that fruit, how it's being grown, how thick that skin is, all of that good stuff. Every year, the Environmental Working Group releases its Dirty Dozen list. The Environmental Working Group is a nonprofit advocacy group, but I do want to say that while they're not like a less biased federal agency or some sort of think tank, they are super well-funded and they put a lot of resources into environmental research. And I believe they're a really trustworthy group. Personally, I really trust their opinions and their particular reports on certain items. So they also have that really cool tool used to find how dirty, quote unquote, your makeup and toiletry products are. We've discussed that on a few episodes of Eco Chic when we talk about clean beauty. But anyway, the Dirty Dozen list, again, by the Environmental Working Group, is a list of 12 foods that you should totally consider buying organic if it is within your budget. They're really worthy of that organic sticker in your cart. So every year, berries are super high on the list, especially strawberries. They just absorb everything around them. And next is usually some sort of green. So spinach, celery, I mentally like to group kale into this group as well. So just things that you're like eating the entire item. We talked a little bit earlier about cucumbers. So water-dense produce is always on this dirty dozen list. So cucumbers, tomatoes, apples, grapes, and lastly, a really big one that I don't always remember I should be buying organic is potatoes. They literally just absorb everything that they're grown around. They are really starchy and they hold a lot of those pesticides and fertilizers. I made a little graphic that I will link on Pinterest down below and I'll share it on my story later so you can screenshot it or I'll save it to our highlights so that we can all have access to it. Bell peppers are a big one that I often forget I should be buying organic. It's kind of second nature now for me to think a little bit more deeply when I'm picking produce if I should really care about purchasing organic and then also think about when I can go without that little extra upcharge of buying organic. It just takes practice, it just takes mindfulness and we can all totally be more aware shoppers. I hope you enjoyed this quick little episode of Eco Chic. I will go ahead and link some resources in the show notes. If you haven't gone down there before, there's always resources and information if you're interested in learning more about a particular topic. And again, I'll go ahead and link the Dirty Dozen list and I'll link the Pinterest graphic if you're so interested. I would love for y'all to follow us on Instagram at Eco Chic Podcast. There's always some fun giveaways going on. Everything's like pink and pretty and I am just so, so proud of it. And I love talking to y'all through that. So Eco Chic Podcast on Instagram, it's always down in the show notes. And then my personal page is Lori E. Diaz. If you'd like to get in touch via email, you can do so via laurieediaz.com. Thank y'all so much for listening and I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.